Welcome to Beach Athletics All Access, where you get an inside look at the great coaches, student athletes, alumni, and supporters that make Long Beach State Athletics so special. I'm your host, Rob Clark, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Relations. Welcome to Beach Athletics All Access, where you get an inside look at the great coaches and student athletes and alumni that make Long Beach State so special. Today we're joined by one of the most successful coaches in Long Beach State history, women's tennis head coach Jenny Hilt Costello. Uh, Jenny has been an eight-time Big West Coach of the Year, 2004 West Region Coach of the Year, and her teams have won 14, yes, 14 Big West Conference Championships. Incredible. A legend among us. Jenny, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me here this thanks, morning. Thanks for coming. We, we're here to get to know you, and so we'll just jump right into it here. All right, I'm ready. So when did you first pick up a tennis racket, and how did tennis influence your, your youth? You know, it's interesting. I actually was a, a nationally competitive swimmer up until the age of 13, um, and I just kind of got a little... There was too much grinding. I don't know. I got a little worn out with the swimming, and my dad had always played tennis. So one summer, he took me down to the courts, and um, then I was doing both. And at age 13, my mom said, pick one, because I can't keep – she was hauling me around 24-7, going to the pool, going to the courts. So she said, you need to pick one. And so at that point, I decided uh, tennis was my passion, and, and I wanted to move forward with it. So the good news is I had that grinding mentality from swimming where you just get in the water for three hours, four hours a day. So I took that out onto the tennis court and was determined at that point, even though I had a shorter period of time, uh, was going to get myself a college scholarship and was going to play college tennis. So that's kind of where it all began. And I would say my dad probably was the was the catalyst to that since he was down at the club every weekend with his cronies playing tennis. Now, now you've had special experiences with your father playing tennis. Talk, mm -hmm. talk to us um, as you've had these unique experiences, the impact of tennis on your family and also maybe even that US, U.S. Open experience too yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it was interesting. Because I started so late with tennis, there was a unique opportunity given through Equitable Life Insurance, and they had this family where you could play father-daughter, mother-daughter, father-son, brother-sister, uh, but you couldn't have a USTA ranking. If you, if you had a ranking, then you couldn't qualify for it. So um, it was perfect timing for my dad and I to, we had to go through, I think, two different regionals uh, and then if you won both regionals, then they had an all-expense-paid trip for you to go and play in in this family equitable tournament at the U.S. Open, and it was uh, it was it was it was great. It was it was a good experience. That you know, uh, my dad is gone now, but if you if you talk to my mom about it, she said that I was a little butthead the entire time <laughs> because when we qualified to go, my parents said, "Well, the tournament doesn't matter." We'll go and sightsee. And for, for basically a 14-year-old, I wanted to see New York City. But once we got there, my dad wanted to win it. He was in it to win it. And so we were at the courts warming up early. We were there every day. And, and, and we got to the finals. But unfortunately, we lost to uh, a team from Southern California in the finals. But I will say, looking back, it was, it was a great experience with my dad. And, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything, even though I probably had a little bit of an attitude the entire time. <laughs> so I, I grew up with a tennis racket in one hand and, and a football in the other because my mother was a collegiate tennis athlete as well. When you're playing doubles, there, there's usually some weakness you have to cover. 
Right. When you were playing father daughter, what was the weakness you had to cover? <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is, is once we got into the tournament play, my dad, it was a great experience for him to kind of understand where the nerves come from and how sometimes, you know, when you pull up on a point or you maybe don't have that that shot because you're you're thinking about you know it's add in I got to close it here and it was really great because he had a lot of nerves going into uh, the. Uh, the semifinal match to get to the finals and I think I had to save a couple of set points or match points um, to get us into the finals so yeah at that point I was covering him a little bit but just because I was used to tournament experience at that point and he wasn't so it was liberating for me to look at him and go see it's not as easy as it looked you know when I have that set point to close it out just like that isn't always and so he had a little bit more understanding, I think, at that point, what I was dealing with, you know, in those tournaments and those pressure situations. Now, you, you took that tournament experience and, and became a student athlete. Talk to us about your student athlete experience. Yeah, well, you know what? I went, uh, I went to UCLA. I went as a walk-on. I had some scholarship offers other places, but that was really where my heart was at. And my dad had gotten his MBA at UCLA, and we grew up with UCLA in the house. So um, I went as a walk-on, and in my mind, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to make the lineup. I was going to earn my scholarship, which I did both of them. Um, and, you know, I love my teammates, had a great experience uh, with them. Um, I, I definitely, I think, learned at my time at UCLA a lot about coaching, things that I would want to do, things that I wouldn't want to carry on as a coach. And, and I think the biggest thing I took from my experience there was I want my girls to walk out on the court and play hard, accept the challenge, and not be afraid to get beat. Um, I think I spent too much time in my college career walking out on the court afraid to lose or afraid to get beat. And while I feel proud about what I did accomplish in college, I think there were I could have gone further if I hadn't had that fear sitting there. So that's, that's one of the big things that we talk about with our girls all the time is, come on, accept the challenge. You're not going to win every match. If you get beat, that's okay. But if you lose, bad attitude, bad effort, whatever, then that's something to be upset about. But getting beat when you've put your best effort out on the court, you've played hard, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Now, talk to us. Many of our fans are listening may not really have a concept of the, the grind and the difficult uh, task it is as a walk-on coming onto a program. Talk to us how you went from being a walk-on to a team captain. Sure. Um, just a lot of hard work. Um, I, I just was, if uh, the other girls on the team were having one extra individual hit a week, I was having two. Um, I was in the gym constantly. I was doing the Stairmaster, working on my fitness. I didn't want that to be an issue. And as a girl that's relatively tall, movement was not my uh, I guess wasn't my weapon. Uh, my weapon was big shots, and I wanted to make sure, though, if I got against a player who could get me into the moving game, I could last for three sets. So really a lot of extra time on my own in the gym doing things and asking for extra time from the coaches whenever I could. Now tell us, um, as you, you go through, receive so many different styles of, of tennis, what does it take to be an elite student-athlete in tennis? You know, an elite, um, I think you have to still love tennis, I think. You know, there has to be that passion there that, that you still want to get better. You still want to play. You still want to compete. You still want challenges. Uh, so many times you have kids that grind away through, the junior, through their junior career, and the scholarship seems to be the ending point for them. It's like, oh, phew, I got my scholarship. I'm, I'm good to go. But that passion to continue to get better and improve their tennis is missing. So I really think you still have 
have to have that passion, that love, that drive. Um, and then obviously, I think beyond that, it's that work ethic, willing to put in that extra time. You have a bad match, you know, let's not sit here and cry about it. Let's talk about it. What do we need to work on? And let's get out there and let's grind on it. So the next time you see a player like that, you're ready to take on that challenge. What got you into coaching? You know, it was really um, my my senior year uh, in terms of in being a captain. And really at that point, <laughs> what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And that starts bearing down on you. Um, but also as a team captain, I had um, players coming to me. They felt comfortable talking to me. I seemed to be the, the conduit between the players and the coaches. And um, I just I love tennis still. I still want to be involved in college sports because it, it presented me with such a great experience. And that just kind of led me to at the end of my senior year, I just started to shoot off some letters, see if I could get myself in the door with an assistant coaching position, because it just seemed like a, a natural fit and a natural transition for me. And so how did you get to Long Beach State then? Well, I was lucky enough that the assistant coaching position was, was open at the time. Um, and the then head coach, Jamie Jones, I came down for an interview and uh, it went well and, and, I was, and I was hired. So, and, and, um, and I, I was here as the assistant for two years. And then at that point, an opportunity had arose up at the University of Washington. So I was headed up there. Uh, and in the meantime, Jamie decided she wanted to be a full-time mom. So we turned the trailer around. Cindy Maisner gave me a call and said, would you please come back and be the interim? And we'll see how things go. And, and possibly that could lead to the permanent head coaching position. So, so like I said, we turned the trailer around. We came back. And the rest is history. Uh, now, you, you got in as the interim coach, and, and what has made Long Beach State such a special place for you to be as a coach? Oh, man, there's so many, so many things that make it special. Um, I, I think we live in one of the greatest cities in the world. I, I can't imagine living anywhere else. I tell people that. Um, and I think the university is so fantastic just in terms of the sense of community and I guess I can carry that over into the into the city of Long Beach as well I just feel like there's a real sense of community and the fact that you know the president is is out at matches and is accessible to the students the fact that our athletic director our administration those kind of things when I was at UCLA, not that it's a bad thing, but I didn't know who the chancellor was. I never saw our athletic director. There just wasn't that personal touch that I think we have here. And, and, and it is really family. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's helping each other out. I talk to other coaches about, you know, recruiting and different aspects. So just, just that small family community feel here. And combined with the fact that, like I said, we live in one of the best places in the world. Now, Coach, you're in one of the best places in the world here. Yeah. Um, you have had an incredible run here. Uh, Beach Tennis has compi compiled a sparkling 150-14 and 14 record against Big West Conference opponents uh, since 2001. What have you done to build such a great tennis, tennis dynasty here? Wow, I wish I had a, I had a simple answer to that. I, you know, I don't know. I... I, I... I think it's a lot of things. Um, I've had some great assistants, and I currently have a great assistant helping me out who really believes in we we believe in the same things, and we're sending the same message to the girls. Um, I think as I, I always go back to my grinding swimmer mentality, it's you know you get out on the court and you grind it out to get better, and good recruits, um, and I think. 
hopefully, you know, just a good culture, playing for each other, playing for yourself, but also playing for each other, that they were out there for the team. And, and I think that's unique in an individual sport with tennis because you're out there on your own in the juniors. And that's really a philosophy that we've been trying to build and I think it's here with the team which is when you're out on that court it's not just about you you got to look around and it's about your teammates and when you're feeling down or if you're having a bad day or or what you look around and and figure it out figure it out for yourself figure it out for your teammates and I think when you're playing for something more than just yourself it tends to pull out um, better performances. For our fans who haven't been out uh, I, I've personally been impressed by how positive the, there's such a positive culture in uh, your team and, and just uh, all you can hear when you hear is here here we go beach yep it, it starts and you hear it from one court to the other and it starts to resonate between points and and that positive energy clearly speaks to this culture that you've created yeah yeah no here we go beach is kind of our rally call and it's uh and it's interesting it happened uh with gosh this was a while ago now with uh my former assistant hallie we had one year where we played up in northern california the big west conference tournament and the courts were so divided we couldn't see each other and we couldn't see what was going on so we decided as coaches to kind of give each other an idea of what was going on on the different courts courts every time one of our players took a first set we'd yell here we go beach so that way I knew what was going on on her court, if things were going well, if, if maybe if I wasn't hearing Here We Go Beach, I knew that we had to pick it up on my bank. And so then it really just took off from there. After that, the girls kind of embraced it, and now it's, it really has. It's become our rally call during matches. When they win matches, they always yell, Here We Go Beach. And it's our boosters and everybody knows when you hear Here We Go Beach, that's a shot of adrenaline. Everything, things are going well, and, and let's, let's keep it going. Absolutely. Now, now, tennis has always had an international flair to it. Um, and for many of our fans who may not be aware of, of college tennis and, and don't understand the recruiting process, can you share with them, as you've been building this program, and, and many being international student-athletes, share with us that process and, and the international recruiting process and, and how you evaluate and approach. Yeah, I mean, tennis is really unique. I mean, international players have been a big part of college tennis since I was playing. Uh, which I'm not going to date myself, but is a while back now. <laughs> um, and really, it, it just, I think, boils down to not enough American ta uh, talent to fill, fill all the available spots. So it has been a big part of it. So recruiting internationally, it, it's changed over the last 20 years. It, it used to be, um, wow, it was a lot more difficult back in the day. You'd, you'd start communicating with a player, you'd get your calling card, you'd get on the phone and talk with them, they'd send you a video that you'd have to get translated into, take up to the media office and they'd have to translate it into <laughs> a version that I could watch on my VHS here or even DVD that we could play here. Now it's gotten so much easier with Skype and with YouTube and with the internet. It really, it, it's made the world a lot smaller. And I feel like you can get to know these players a lot better. You can see match video, you can see practice video because it's so much easier to upload. Um, and we've just had so, we had such great success with international kids. They're so excited to be here. They don't have this kind of opportunity at home. And it's a chance for them to do a sport they love while getting a degree. And they're, they're very eager, they're hardworking, and, and it's, yeah, I, a lot of our titles have been because of the quality international kids that we've been able to recruit. How do you then, when you bring in uh, young women from all over the world, how do you help them play together? Yet, at the same time, it's, a, it's an individual concept 
in, sure. in the midst of a, of a team concept. Sure. I think it's just kind of sticking with the same message. And I think, you know, when we're recruiting them, that's, that's a big message that comes through. It's like, look, we are a team that works together, works together to help you reach your individual goals. And we're working together for our team goal. And, you know, we tell our recruits that over and over again. And those are the players that we're looking for who are coming in and ready for that team culture and ready to buy into it. So I think it's a big message during the recruiting process. When they get here, we continue with the message. And uh, to be honest with you, it hasn't been that difficult of a transition for them. They've, they've, they've fit in really well. It's great. 14 Big West Conference championships in 15 years. Yep. Um, talk, talk to us about some of those memories you've had, some, some teams or, or student-athletes that may stick out who have been uh, – leaders in the midst of, of your program and as you've continued to build the culture of this program? Sure. I mean, there's there's so, there's so a lot of good memories out there, and, and in, especially with that tournament title when you can watch the girls raise the trophy. And um, I mean, I think a major one for me, it was an emotional year in 2004. Um, I had been sick, was going through chemo, and this was a team that just rallied. And we went in as the four seed, and I will never forget that team. They came together for me at that particular point in time and for themselves. And, and winning, winning that title that year with all the emotion that was going on was, was amazing. Um, in 2000, where are we at? In 2014, was it? With, with uh, Maeva, Julie, Haley, and Laura, all as freshmen. We had a huge freshman class. And it, came, it really boiled down to Maeva's court. She knew it was, Julie was down in the third, so if that match lost, she knew it was her match. And it was amazing to see her rise to the occasion, close out that match. The team bum-rushed her on the court, and, you know, it was, it was fantastic. So I'm sure there are more that I'm missing in there, but those are the kind of the ones that, that stick out right now. And uh, as you continue to build this culture, the game of tennis, at least on the college level, has, has had some changes here. Over the last 10 years, how, how has college tennis changed, for, for better or for worse? Well, you know, they've, they've really shortened the format. Um, and uh, we had more changes that just came about last year that, you know, honestly weren't popular with, with the majority of the schools. But um, I think the ITA is trying to move tennis in a direction where maybe we're a little bit more TV-friendly. Whether shortening our format gets us on TV more uh, as a collegiate sport, I'm not really sure that's the answer. Um, but they think that is the answer at this point. So, yeah, they've really shortened our format. Now we're playing one set of doubles, no ad scoring. Uh, then we followed up with singles, two out of three sets, no ad scoring. So um, hopefully we won't see any more shortened format because I do believe that we are uh, a place where players come for development, for player development. And if we keep shortening up our format, that that decreases the amount of opportunity that we have to work with our players in those competitive moments. Yes, there's obviously a lot of time that we can do at practice, but you can't really simulate what they're feeling and what's going on in their head in practice the same as what they're feeling in competition. So uh, hopefully we don't see any more cuts. I think that, that would really, to me, take away from the true feel of tennis. Um, but we're, we're rolling with it right now, and we'll see. We'll see if it gets us a little bit more exposure, gets us on TV a little bit more. 
And the no ad scoring, I mean, that brings a whole different element to it as well. I mean, <laughs> anybody who's ever been in a good deuce that's lasted back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> yeah. testing your endurance and your uh, patience and, uh, and your strength. But. Yeah, and then we're missing those. We're now, we're, we're not going to have those epic three and a half hour matches. We had one of those um, a couple years ago with Ebba at NCAAs. We were playing Tulsa. In the, in the first round of NCAAs, and it came down to her match. It, it was this epic three-and-a-half-hour match, and Stanford was supposed to be on the court against their opponent an hour earlier, and their fans were all there watching. She ended up closing the match, 7-6 in the third. She got a standing ovation from the Stanford crowd, and she came running over to the girls, and it was like, let's do a here-we-go beach. I've got so much energy right now. And, and that's the thing that they've been talking about. Our matches are too long. It's not good for the student-athletes. And I wish the people who are making those decisions could have been there at that particular moment because I will tell you, I think that's a highlight for Eba, and she'll remember it for the rest of her life. Absolutely. Now, each successful coach has had to overcome adversity in their careers, and, and you have in, in many regards. What, what are some lessons you've learned uh, along the way that, that have helped you continue to thrive and succeed? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I feel like, you know, I've been in, been in this position now for 20 years, but every year presents a new team and something different and potentially new issues that you're dealing with, new dynamics that you're dealing with. So just when you, you, you think you've gotten smart and you know it all, no, no, the new year starts and you're presented with lots of different things that you, you, you didn't expect. So every year is different. It's challenging, and there's, there's, there's new dynamics. And I guess that's what's making coaching so exciting is, it, no, it is, uh, 20 years in, it is not humdrum. It is, it is still exciting. It is still different. There are still challenges and new things that we're having to work through. So. I, I love tennis for many reasons. One of the many reasons I love it is just it is a game of adversity. It's a game of runs, and uh, at some point you're down – one four, one five in a set, and you got to work your way back. From your life experiences and and the things that you teach, how, how do you teach your student athletes to overcome what they may seem as insurmountable odds? But how, how do you help them overcome this adversity? Yeah, you know, and sometimes that's a that's a work in progress. I think a lot of time the freshmen come in, and it, it really we had a situation like this uh, uh, last Friday with the LMU match, and it was like you're giving your opponent too much credit and you're not giving yourself enough credit. And sometimes I don't think they, they see those things. And I think helping them take the blinders off and look at things a little bit more, I don't know if globally is the word, but you know, look at things a little bit more. No, just because it's a bad day or it started as a bad day doesn't mean it has to finish as a bad day. You may not be feeling your rhythm at the start of the match, but if we work through and we, you know, we stay positive and we kind of keep grinding away at this, it's amazing how you can lose a first set, come back and win a match in the third. So I think it, if, for me with the girls, it's always been about let's walk out on the court every day looking to improve some aspect of our game. And if you walk out on the courts and you're not feeling well in a match and you just are not feeling your forehand, that's okay. It, it, this match may not happen for you today, but let's at least finish this match feeling better about your forehand than when you walk down the out on the court and if we're willing and capable of doing that it surprises the girls sometimes that they end up finding the rhythm and they end up getting the win it's it can't just be I walked out on the court today and it's not here so I guess it's not here I'm not gonna win no that's tennis 
You got to work through the ups and the downs. You got to work through the fact that they may do a, a strategy change on you. One strategy that we were talking about, playing crosses, wait for the short one, rip it line. Well, they may start taking that cross line before you. So then we got to make the adjustments. So there's constant adjustments you have to keep making. And, and I think it's just working that process and, and enjoying it, not getting frustrated by it. Absolutely. Always enjoy the process, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've been impressed since coming here, seeing the facility. Uh, it's a beautiful facility, Rhodes Tennis Center. It is. Uh, talk to us about how that came to be, because you're clearly involved in the process and getting <laughs> getting things to happen. Well, for, I think it was just pure luck. The the um, uh, President King Alexander was still here, and the rec center was really big on his agenda, and the students voted it through. And in regards to the rec center, the way I guess certain specs were working out, the tennis courts had to be shifted a little bit in order to make it work. I don't know if that was environmental impact or what. I just heard it come down through the pipeline that tennis courts are going to have to get shifted a little bit. And because they had to be shifted by about 20, 20 yards, well, then they were like, we're going to start over. We're going to basically bulldoze down the old one and we're going to start from scratch. And that was the best news I had heard in a long time because our old facility had rusted fences that were leaning and tipping. I was actually afraid in a big wind that they might fall on the girls. Oh dear. So we had a little, we had an old parking kiosk that was our little team room. So um, that was fantastic news. But I think in large part it just had to do with the rec center and and the positioning of that. And and then we got lucky, so we got shifted and. Got a whole new facility. Well, fans, if you haven't been out there yet, you need to. And it's a, a gorgeous facility, and, and our matches are free, so please get out there. Um, now, Jenny, before we head out here, uh, if there's anything you'd like our fans to hear uh, that they may not already know about beach tennis, what, what would you like to share with them? Well, I just think, you know, it's 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 – the tennis matches are a lot more exciting than you may think. I think people tend to think of tennis as quiet, please, and um, you must sit quietly and clap politely, and, and there is an aspect of that, but our matches are loud, and there is cheering going on, and they tend to be really exciting. And, and my husband one time said, he's all, wow, I went to a tennis match and a, and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> so it, it can be exciting. These girls are out there fighting for these matches. They work really hard. We've had a lot of success, and, and they want to continue that culture. And I think come out, give it a run. We play doubles followed by singles. So if you can't make it for doubles, come out for singles. If you, if you can only come for a little bit, stay and watch doubles and then take off before singles. We're out there for about three hours, and any time that you can get out there and come and watch and support, I think you'll be surprised. It's, it's fun, it's exciting, and uh, it's, it's great tennis. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show. There's so much more we could ask you yeah. here, <laughs> but we appreciate all you do uh, for the program Thanks. and for the school because this is incredible what you do uh, for, for our young women in the tennis program, and, and we are all a very appreciative and grateful for you. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks, thanks. It's, it's my pleasure. This is a great place to be. Here we go, Beach. Here we go, Beach. <laughs> the Beach All Access Podcast is a presentation of the Long Beach State Radio Network on K-Beach. Go Beach.